Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime. I'm your host, Buck Rising, powered by Tennessee Tickets, brought to you as always by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, virtual tours going on now. I saw them giving one out earlier on Facebook today. You want to be a part of it? You can be at GaryAshton.com. Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week. Beasts groom boldly, as do our friends at Tame the Beast. They invite you to groom boldly at GetBeast.com. Fantastic grooming products available for beasts of all kinds. You can get to GetBeast.com. You can use the promo code AZ50. And our friends at Brimac Mechanical. Custom HVAC for business or for residential. Brimac.com. That's B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brimac.com. Here is the topic of conversation. The NFL's All-Decade Team. Who do you think was snubbed from the NFL's All-Decade Team? We'll go through every name on the list in just a second. But I want to invite you into the conversation first. I want you to really chew on what I'm asking you guys here. Because this is this is unique, right? It's something that's a huge honor. It's something that, honestly, fills a lot of our time in this time with little actual sports. But I want to know if you guys got a chance to see the list, and we'll go through the list together, who was the biggest snub of the NFL's all-decade team? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. We'll read your comments Hear momentarily who you think was the biggest snub of the NFL's all-decade team. Let's pull up the list and we'll go through them together. Because I have, you guys probably know who mine is going to be. I'm sure many of you take issue with this. So let's start with the offense, okay? The NFL's all-decade team on offense. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown at wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. The tight ends? Gronk and Travis Kelsey. Then you have Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, and Joe Thomas. They're the tackles. Jari Evans, Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, and Marshall Yonda. Logan Mankins is from a minute ago. Logan Mankins, the guard for the Pats. I still remember that uh, trade from uh, Tampa Bay. Actually, from New England to Tampa Bay, ironically enough. Alex Mack, Marquise Pouncey Centers. Uh, running backs, Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, the flex position, is Darren Sproles. Then you move to the defense. The defense all-decade team, Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt, Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, who retired early but was a badass with the San Francisco 49ers, Chandler Jones, I thought was an interesting one for the all-decade team. Chandler Jones, but his sack numbers hold up. Not a lot of people paying attention to what he was doing in uh, in Arizona when they've been so bad. Patrick Peterson, Darrell Rivas, Richard Sherman, Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, Chris Harris, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, makes the NFL's all-decade team of the 2010s. I'm asking you guys, who's the biggest snub in your opinion, of this NFL all-decade team. The 2010s, that's what you have to keep in mind. Weigh in in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Was Eddie George not on there? Eddie George was in 2010s. Eddie George was early 2000s. Would have made the all-decade team, I think, without question. But the, the snub, the snub, one Titan snub, 
that should have been on there. One, there was not a single Titan elected to the All-Decade team in 2010s, and rightfully so. For the most part, the Titans were wretched during the 2010s. But there's one player who plays the same position as Eddie George that was absolutely snubbed in this particular category. I want to know who you believe that player to be or who you think the player was that was snubbed uh, on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Please weigh in. Let's read some of your comments quickly. Brett Kern, Rich Fisher says, where's Kern? Says off the frame. And honestly, Brett Kern was one of the first names that popped into my head. But I looked at Brett Kern's stats over the course of time that this would have been measured, right? 2010 through 2019, those seasons. And Johnny Hecker, Shane Leckler, because I didn't didn't read the specialists, and perhaps I should have, the specialists on the NFL's All-Decade team, Johnny Hecker, Shane Leckler, punters, Steven Gostowski, and Justin Tucker, kickers, Tyreek Hill, Darren Sproles, Devin Hester, Cordell Patterson. So a vol made the list with Cordell Patterson, uh, but uh, Brett Kern nowhere to be found. A lot of people saying CJ2K on Periscope. I see you guys. Rob Barona says Colton Cross. Derrick Henry, even though it was only a few years. No, it was one year, Jason. That's out. No, you can't. You can't say Derrick Henry. Uh, listen, I am because I have. I have a. I have a Titans running back that did not make the All Decade list that I believe to be snubbed. But it's not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, for a season and a half, one of the best, if not the best, running backs in all of football. But Derrick Henry, the body of work, and honestly, the longevity, just doesn't make the list. Jarrell Casey says Titans for life. Uh, I I would take the argument for Jarrell Casey based on the interior defensive linemen that they have. But Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue, I think everybody here would take all four of those players on the interior defensive line, which is where Jarrell, Jarrell hasn't always played on the interior. Jarrell Casey has moved around lately uh, in his in his Titans career. They've moved him around the defensive front, partly out of need. But I think if you look at interior defensive linemen over the past 10 years, I think that Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Indomitian Sue supersede Jarrell Casey at the height of his powers. It's not a giant snub to Jarrell Casey, but to make the all-decade team, I think you would have to... He played for a team that largely didn't win anything, or a franchise that, while he was here, largely didn't win anything, and he was one of the most anonymous players on the NFL, despite his in the NFL, despite his greatness. Jarrell Casey, it's tough, right? Interior defensive line, really tough. Your teams have to win for you to be noticed, or you have to be just a monster, like the four guys on this particular List were Titans for life, says DeMarco Murray. And that's an interesting argument. I have one player, a Titan, who was snubbed. How long has Khalil Mack played, says Bama Shane. I believe this is Khalil Mack's sixth year. Let me uh, let me pull up his pro football reference so I can double check that. But I think Khalil Mack has been in the NFL for six years at this point. But I want to double check that. He was drafted in 2014, so he has just concluded his sixth NFL year. This will be his seventh year. Uh, but no, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is an interesting answer because DeMarco Murray was an AFC, or excuse me, uh, was an Offensive Player of the Year with the Cowboys. He led the AFC in rushing his first year as a Titan. Injuries really, really did him a disservice 
for the player that DeMarco could have been. Because remember, he struggled with injuries early in his Cowboys career and then at the end, in the last year with the Titans. He was only here for two. But DeMarco Murray, it's an interesting case. The running backs, I'll list them again, on the 2000s, the 2010 NFL All-Decade team, you have Frank Gore, who indisputably Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, because of the Super Bowls and because of what a, what a, a drastic uptick his career took, Shady McCoy and Adrian Peterson, who was one of the few unanimous selections. Tom Brady, Joe Thomas, Marshall Yonda were the unanimous selections on offense. Justin Tucker, the special teamer, J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, the defensive players that were unanimous selections on the 2010 NFL All-Decade team. Who was the greatest snub to you? I've got my answer momentarily. I want to read some more of your comments uh, before I give you mine. Rich says, yeah, I'd say DeMarco Murray. Malcolm Butler is not the correct answer here, Lewis. Timmy says, okay, do you think Matthew should be there? If not, who would replace him? And I was thinking about this because the Honey Badger, before, before the Honey Badger got to Kansas City. He had a good year with Houston. He was a Pro Bowl player with the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals won while uh, while Honey Badger was on the team. They were He was part of those Carson Palmer teams that made it to the NFC Championship game. Uh, on the list of safeties, though, all decade, I really can't think of maybe Eric Berry. I think Eric Berry, a strong case could be made. I don't know if him and, and Tyron Matthew play exactly the same kind of safety, but I was surprised to not see Eric Berry get a little more love. Again, I don't exactly know who finished, you know, uh, who finished uh, runner-up in these particular... Oh, no, Eric, Bay- Eric Berry's on there. Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, and Eric Weddle. Okay, that's my mistake. Uh, for safeties, defensive backs, Chris Matthews, or Chris Harris... And Tyron Matthews. So I read this incorrectly. They've they've distinguished between defensive backs and safeties for this all-decade team, which is interesting. When you make that distinction uh, of a guy who roams, of a guy who uh, Chris Harris is a corner, I would say, but the corners are Pat Peterson, Darrell Revis, and Richard Sherman. Defensive backs, Chris Harris and Tyron Matthews. So it's interesting how they di- how they went about distinguishing between corners, safeties and players who were just defensive backs. I would have made the argument for Chris Harris as a corner. I don't know why they kind of jammed him into this also-ran category of defensive backs. Tyron Matthew is somebody who has played both corner and safety. He's somebody who roams. So I would take that argument for Tyron Matthew as just a defensive back. Troy Palomalu, again, early early 2000s, Bama Shane. I think that there's an argument that could still be made. Troy Palomalu was, will be a unanimous uh, Hall of Fame selection when he goes in. Troy Polamalu is somebody who stayed wrecking defenses throughout the 2010s, but the height of his powers were the early 2000s uh, for Troy Polamalu and those Steelers teams. I have my answer, who got snubbed? I will give you my answer momentarily because it's a Titan, and I think many of you would agree. Chris Harris is the best nickel and made his mark at that, says Teron uh, Davenport, our friend from ESPN.com. Thanks for joining. TD, that's why he's listed as a DB. That's an important distinction to make. And as the NFL has evolved, certainly in the 2010s, nickel, the nickel position has been a much, much, a, a much bigger staple of NFL defenses, right? A lot of extra defensive backs. 
with the way that the NFL's passing game has opened up over the course of the past couple years and kind of evolved, really made major, major evolutionary steps in the 2010s. So for the purposes of nickel, defender, I would accept Chris Harris and Tyron Matthew. I really like those as two selections. I'm going to give you my snub, who I think was snubbed. I'm asking you guys who you think was snubbed in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Which uh, player was snubbed from the NFL's All-Decade team? Give me the answer moment. To, uh, give me your answer on Facebook Live and on Periscope. I will tell you mine momentarily right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The website is GaryAshton.com as I try to knock over my microphone. Virtual tours at GaryAshton.com. You could do a home showing and not, and like my microphone, you could not, you could go through a home showing and not knock any furniture or displace anything as my, uh, as my clumsy self has just done. You can take a virtual tour at GaryAshton.com and you can still find your dream address without the stress. The real estate market rolls on despite COVID-19. The Ashton real estate team is still working for you. Go to GaryAshton.com. Check them out. Check out their guaranteed local offer if you're in the market to sell your home. Again, the website, GaryAshton.com, the realtor of choice for the Tennessee Titans, Predators, Topgolf, Nashville SC, and A to Z Sports Prime Time. I'm coming up on my year in my dream address without the stress. Shouts to Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate team. Suggs got snubbed, says Lewis Chesney. I would absolutely take the argument for Terrell Suggs of the Baltimore Ravens and now having a second Super Bowl under his belt with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, who do you think was snubbed from the NFL All-Decade team? Maserati says Frank Gore is just a good O-line workhorse, but CJ2K should have been chosen before those. Definitely. Hell, maybe even before Marshawn Lynch. And I agree with Maserati. My snub is Chris Johnson. Now, Chris Johnson... The way that his career kind of tailed off after the contract, you can hold your biases against him. I know a lot of people were saying Brett Kern is a snub for the NFL's All-Decade team. Brett Kern, the numbers against Johnny Hecker and Shane Leckler over the course of the time that's being measured with this stuff, Brett Kern is just a notch below those two guys. I think people really forget how great Shane Leckler was forever for the Houston Texans and then for the or for the Raiders and then the Houston Texans, uh, Shane Leckler and Sebastian Janikowski for the Oakland Raiders were two of the best specialists in the game. They were Sam Cook and Justin Tucker for the Ravens before those two guys really took over in the kicking game. But CJ2K, Chris Johnson, is the biggest snub in my opinion. From 2008 to 2017, Chris Johnson had incredible numbers. He finished... 1,651 yards, 4.5 yards per attempt, 55 touchdowns, and some of the longest runs in NFL history. Some of the most explosive runs in NFL history. Six seasons, six consecutive seasons with 1,000 yards or more. In 2009, obviously, his sophomore year, he rushed for 2,006 yards. He had long, uh, long, massively long uh, runs. He was averaging in that year, in 2009, 125 yards per game. They were pounding it with Chris Johnson. Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, all of these guys are worthy nominees when it comes to the NFL's all-decade team on offense. But if you're talking about between Shady McCoy, Shady McCoy's lasted longer. 
I think at this point, Shady McCoy had more success when it comes to postseason appearances and things like that. But Chris Johnson, I think the argument could very, very easily be made for CJ2K in the 2010s among the people Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, and Adrian Peterson. I believe that Chris Johnson was snubbed with this particular list. But I want to know who you guys think was snubbed from the NFL's all-decade list. Let us know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Jeff says, yes, CJ2K somehow was left off this list. Mind-blowing for me. That's from Jeff Roberts on Facebook. And I think, again, guys like guys like Frank Gore, CJ2K says CM Bivens, they are agreeing with myself and Jeff. I love CJ2K, but if you remove 2009, what do his numbers look like? And that's from Titans for Life. That's a fair question. So let's go year by year. So after the 2,000-yard season, when this, when this is officially being measured, Chris Johnson played from 2010 to 2017, the years that would qualify for this all-decade team. In 2010, 1,300, uh, just over 1,300 yards. 1,047 in 2011, 1,243 in 2012, 1,077 in 2013. And then he goes to the Jets. He has a terrible year with the Jets, 663 yards. He had a decent year with the Cardinals, almost got to 900, or actually got over 800 yards on 196 attempts. He got 814 with the Cardinals, then 25 and 45 in his last two years playing professional football in Arizona. Really tailed off, obviously, towards the end. But it's a long career for Chris Johnson. Nine years in the league, uh, so what would that be? Seven of them of in the course, uh, seven of them in the NFL's all-decade uh, criteria from 2010 to when his career ended at the age of 2000, or at the age, of, not at the age of 2000, the age of 32 in 2017. Chris Johnson is the biggest snub that stands out to me. Let's move on, though, to uh, the NFL draft. There's more news in the NFL. We're doing the NFL show. We just talked about the all-decade team that was released earlier today. Also made was the announcement of the NFL draft. Teron says if you remove any player's top season, they'll look worse. Fact is, the 2,000-yard uh, 2000 season happened. Yeah, Teron, but I'm, I get what he's saying because it happened outside of the criteria for the all-decade team within the 2010s. It's not discounting the fact that Chris Johnson, when you remove uh, the 2,000-yard season, it just so happens that the 2,000-yard season happened in 2009, and this is 2010 through 2019. So I kind of understand the argument the Titans for Life is making uh, in that regard for the purposes of just the years in which it fits in. But the NFL draft, an announcement was made earlier today about how it would be held. We know now exactly what, or at least kind of what, the NFL draft would look like. I'm going to tell you guys about that in a second. I want to know from you guys what will be the most different about a virtual NFL draft. That's the question I'm asking you on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Weigh in in the comment section. What will be the most different about a virtual NFL draft? Because that's where this thing is heading. Goodell announced it today. We'll talk about it in a second, right after I tell you about my friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Three locations in Middle Tennessee and Southern Kentucky. Uh, custom AC, HVAC services for your residents or for your business. Brymac's got you covered in any need, way, shape, or form. 
HVAC related. They are the best in the business. Service uh, uh, veteran-owned, service disabled. Chris Hamby and the Brimac team. They are the best, and they are the people who you should trust. They're the people that I trust to make sure that my HVAC services are functioning correctly. Brimac.com. That's B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brimac.com. What will be the most different about a virtual NFL draft? That's the question that we're asking you on Facebook Live and on Periscope. So, the NFL draft officially today announced that it would be done like a fantasy draft. And so Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network was on television talking about that today, talking about how it will look virtually. Yeah, and Andrew, this is not a surprise. This is the same thing that the NFL advised general managers on Friday to begin to anticipate. And you know, a lot of people have been joking, including you, by the way, about this looking like fantasy drafts. It's not going to look like some fantasy drafts because it's not going to be like personnel guys and assistant GMs and cap guys. They're not going to be with the GM on the couch drinking a beer. This is going to be everyone in front of their computer, maybe at their kitchen table, basically on Zoom or some other video format, conducting their draft. And the reasons for this, Mike, are basically obvious. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, facilities are still shut down. There are also state laws that are preventing some people from coming to work at all as a way of being equitable for all teams and making sure that everyone is on a completely level playing field in this uh, in this time that really is like none other in league history. Roger Goodell is making sure that everyone is staying safe and doing the draft from their own home. And I talked to a general manager today. Obviously, there are concerns about just the communication. Will there be a way for the GM, the assistant GM, and someone else to all jump on the same call to do a trade? A lot of logistics to figure out, but this is reality now. Video courtesy of the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport talking about the decision today. The memo from the NFL came down. The NFL draft will be conducted virtually, a virtual format, team personnel, everybody working from home. They will abide by social distancing guidelines. There will be no group gatherings. Quote, we have reviewed this matter in the past few days with both the competition committee and the CEC, which is a group of league executives. Goodell wrote, and this will confirm that clubs will conduct their draft operations remotely with club personnel separately located in their home. So they're going to spread everybody out for the NFL draft. It's going to be fantasy football draft, except in real life with the college prospects. All the team facilities have been closed since March 26th. They're going to remain shut indefinitely. Today was the day where the NFL was going to look to target for the reopening of practice facilities. At this point, they remain closed. The NFL is saying they will reopen the facilities when it's safe to do so based on medical and public health advice and in compliance with government mandates. So all of this stuff has totally derailed the NFL draft in Las Vegas. It's going to be done virtually. I want to know from you guys what you think will look the most different with a virtual NFL draft. I have my answer, and I want to know yours. What do you expect will be the most different looking? Adam Mooney says no green room. The drama of the green room. We see every, and and you feel bad, right? But it's high drama. It's reality television playing out in front of you. It sucks for the kids whose draft stock is tumbling before our very eyes. But everybody is always glued to their TVs when Aaron Rodgers goes all the way down the board to the 30s and winds up in Green Bay after Alex Smith is the first overall pick. We love that kind of stuff. 
We love seeing how far Lamar Jackson will fall if he'll go in the first round, tracking his every move in the green room. We feed off of those things. No green room with an NFL virtual draft removes this access that we have been uh, so quick to take for granted. The green room is one of the biggest drama points of the NFL draft, keeps you engaged, makes you follow along through all 32 picks. You don't necessarily have to be invested in all of the teams who have selected. Maybe your team picked early, top five, top ten. But you want to watch this thing through to see just how far Lamar Jackson falls. There will be no green room, and that will make for less drama. Joe Lightfoot says, "Are they? at least they are still doing the draft. Who cares about how they are doing it? Joe, that's not the question. Don't get, don't get combative. Don't get argumentative. Answer the question. I'm asking you what, what you think will look the most different. This is, not a, this is not a means for you to get defensive. This is a means for you uh, to answer what you think will be most different. The NFL should allow a first-round trial with last year's players uh, with no in issues, uh, it says Titans for Life. I think I, that comment faded before I finished entirely what it was trying to say. Adam says, I bet the ratings will be epic. I mean, if nothing, uh, there's nothing new to rot- watch. It's going to shatter records. And that's an interesting point. I don't know if it'll shatter records. I think in the, you know, I got, I've got to look up exactly what the record for an NFL draft on television is. And if we're talking about the first night or the combined total of all three nights, what that will look like. But the thing that's going to look most different for me of the NFL draft will be simply the process or the television product itself, the broadcast. The Madden walk-ups is something that EA Sports is going to simulate. That's what Texas Sports 1015 is saying. But what is this going to look like on television? Is Roger Goodell going to be in a studio, or is he going to be Skyping in the way that everybody else is being required to? Is he going to abide by the safer-at-home mandates? Is Commissioner Goodell, who I think lives in New York, I assume lives in New York, given that the league office is there, at least has a home or an apartment, a penthouse, I imagine, in New York, there will be infrastructure issues to work out with electronic devices, says Titans for Life. Yeah, this is like fax machine, this is like... Uh, fax machine gone wild or something. There, this is this is setting up for a perfect opportunity for some kind of technological issue to cause catastrophe for the entire NFL draft order. And if everybody's working remotely like they should, it could be an issue to fit. It could be an issue to get up and running again. I don't anticipate there being great, uh, great Laramie Tunsil drama again. It will be a great draft. More hidden gems in the fifth round, uh, says Jorge. Or George, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Jorge slash George in the comments on Periscope. I, and I, you know, the draft, the draft itself is interesting, but the draft, like the actual picking of the players, the players, I'm far less concerned about than I am about what the hell this thing is going to look like on our television screens. What's the biggest difference that you think there will be with the NFL draft? That's the question we're asking to you. With the television product, though. How do, you, how do you have the studio set up? How do you have the analysts? How do you have Mel Kuyper, Trey Wingo, Boomer, if he's, on a, if he's a part of the draft, breakdowns at this year, Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick, are they, in, are they in a studio? Are they socially distanced? Are they Skyping in with a panel, CNN style, like we're seeing on so many of our televisions? How is this NFL draft conducted, the broadcast of it, that's the thing that I'm most fascinated for. But Adam, Adam gets the love of the show for the green room comment because, uh, I, or I gave him the like. See, I still I struggle with the loves. There's the love. Adam gets the love of the show. Adam uh, for his uh, his suggestion of the green room 
which we just simply won't be with this year. Everybody will be outside of the green room. Actually, no, none of the prospects will be at this NFL draft, and so that makes things unique. Let's get, though, to the Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week. Uh, It's going to be wild, fresh looks, as Robert Deerfish. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. I don't know exactly if it's going to be better, but we'll find out together. I legitimately have no idea what to expect from this year's NFL Draft broadcast, and I'm fascinated by that. Can you imagine screen freezes within teams like A to Z sometimes has in the mornings? Oh, my God. Catastrophe. Zach, Zach, God bless God bless Austin and Zach for handling those things as well as they do. Because I would be, if honestly, it's why I love this primetime show. It's why I love being able to do it in my home office. Because nothing, nothing affects us, right? Quarantine, we got you. Internet issues, we got you. One-man show, you don't need anybody else. No, if, if my screen freezes, the whole thing goes, goes to hell, but my screen doesn't freeze. So it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Austin and Zach's morning show actually has to be run remotely through my studio. I'm having to remotely set them up so they can go. So to be able to, to not have any control over my situation, complete disaster. Will we be able to awkwardly look at home cams of those that fall, says Texas Sports 1015? I don't have the answer to that. You're asking if there's a green green room type situation where we'll have an at-home cam. I would assume you would have to be. I don't know if the players are going to be Skyped in after after they've been selected. I don't know how any of this is uh, this works. Victoria says, so glad you are flying solo. No, that's not true at all. I, uh, I, I do not need Austin and Zach. Austin and Zach are the whole reason that I'm here. You need Austin and Zach. Without Austin and Zach, you don't get any of the great content because it's not just Austin and Zach. It's all of us. It's me. It's Zach Reagan. It's Charlie Burris. It's Austin Huff. It's Jack Gentry. We have a whole podcast network, by the way that you need to rate, review, and subscribe to, along with the 615 Sessions. We're going to have a great conversation, plug. We're going to have a great conversation with Bruce Feldman at The Athletics. Fantastic. The top the top mind, one of the two top minds, maybe him or Stuart Mandel at The Athletic. Bruce Feldman's going to break down quarterback, uh, a piece that he wrote on the quarterbacks of 2013, the high school class, and how they totally changed quarterback evaluation for NFL prospects and for college teams, uh, there there is a result. A very great deep dive that I'm looking forward to chatting with Bruce about tomorrow. So rate, review, and subscribe to the 615 Sessions podcast, as well as all of our great A to Z sports podcasts in the A to Z sports podcast feed. My point was every other sport has canceled everything. At least the NFL draft is giving us something to look forward to. And I agree with that, Joe. No, no booze, Joe. That's a great one. No booze for Goodell. We all come for the booing of Roger Goodell. It's one of the best things to start the NFL draft is how much people hate that commissioner. The booing of Roger Goodell is absolutely must-see TV, and we've been deprived of it this year. In a way, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's one thing I, you, would, you would absolutely take for granted, just how, much shame, just how much hate people have for the commissioner of the National Football League. Let's move on, though, to the Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week. No video. For the show this week, no video for the Tame the Beast Beast of the Week, but I have a great one that I would like to nominate. I want your Beasts of the Week. Mass boos in the comments, says Zach Dare 61 It's going to be interesting. I don't know how people are going to boo. TikTok celebrations would be hilarious, says Mookie. I think it's all going to be socially driven. A lot of people, I think, are going to be following this on social media, and if the NFL was smart, they would take advantage of streaming. Uh, no free ideas, but the NFL... 
missing a huge opportunity if they don't loop the streaming qualities into a virtual NFL draft. I wonder if any stories will be leaked after about prospects missed by teams because of technology. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's going to be guys who fall through all kinds of cracks. There's going to be communication issues among the teams and their personnel. It's going to be likely a disaster, which hopefully will make for good television. Beast of the Week is IG Live versus Series. Been going nuts, says Tribe Call Quest. Yeah, I agree. I've watched more sports or more esports, unconventional esports, this weekend than I have ever in my life. But my Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week, is something to do. Uh, something to do with virtual streaming. It comes from Bleacher Report, though, specifically, and I'll give you that here in a second right after I tell you guys about our friends at GetBeast.com. Our friends at Tame the Beast remind you to wash your hands. Soap bricks, $10 or more at GetBeast.com. They send you a free one of these, and you can scrub up as many times a day as the CDC and Dr. Fauci, the great Tony Fauci, are recommending you do so with a Tame the Beast soap brick. You take a shower with their, uh, you take the shower with their Tingle shampoo, their Beast body yop, great body wash, shaving cream, shower gel, all kinds of products. I'm growing my quarantine beard out. It's going to be time soon to bust out the Tame the Beast beard brush. I love that thing, just as I love my Tame the Beast beard oil. All of these things available to you if you would like to groom boldly, if you would like to be a beast. Get, go to GetBeast.com, use promo code AZ50, saves you 50% off. 50% off a crazy amount of money that we're saving you on products you need right now at GetBeast.com. Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week. I want your nominees in the comments section. Who is your beast this week? Mine in particular, mine is something unconventional, something that I was not prepared to have to pay attention to, but in this time when there is no other, nothing going on besides WrestleMania, WrestleMania, maybe I could have given Gronk Beast of the Week for winning WrestleMania 36, but the WWE is hugely litigious, and Vince McMahon would sue me if I used a video clip of the WWE without getting properly cleared. So I will not do that. I will not nominate Rob Gronkowski as the Beast of the Week. What I will nominate is Bleacher Report's BR Goat Sim project that they are doing on Madden uh, streaming right now for everybody to watch. They're taking the greatest players of all time on Madden. They're putting them into teams. And they have a bracket that they're working their way through on Bleacher Report, this Madden Sim bracket. In a time when there's no sports, we have some kind of competition with which to measure something against somebody else. So the Titans are in the second round of this particular uh, tournament. They advance past the Texans, and now they find themselves in the second round tonight against the Jags. You talk about Chris Johnson getting snubbed from the All-Decade team? CJ2K was following along with the Madden BR Goat Sim. The Bleacher Report betting goats. It's, it's providing betting. It's providing entertainment. People are watching Javon Curse go up against, uh, go up against uh, Kerry Collins uh, for the Jags. Uh, people are watching, uh, Kerry Collins, also a Titans quarterback. People are watching Calais Campbell uh, play against Steve McNair. Did they make the roster available, says Tribe Called Quez. I believe they are available at the at the uh, Twitter account that we tagged in this BR betting is where I believe you can find that Tribe Called Quez. But I want to make sure that I'm sending you to the right place. You can go check out 
the rosters after this. There's a, plenty, a ton of names that you'll recognize. Esports, you can gamble on it, you can watch it, you can consume it as you would, but esports, my beast of the week, because my God, they're giving us something finally to talk about. What do you think of the NBA horse competition talk? Could be entertaining, says Robert Deerfish. We're also ta- we're taking, again, your Beasts of the Week, presented by our friends at Tame the Beast. Promo code AZ50 at GetBeast.com saves you 50% off. Who are your beasts this week? With the horse competition, I would have to say I'm, kind, I'm not really that interested. Like, if you had NBA players at home on their on their at home at on their at home baskets, right? And it's a dunk contest. Then maybe I'm a little more intrigued. Now maybe you don't want that because NBA players with a long layoff and likely a lot of them not having access to true at home gyms, maybe they're out of shape and maybe they pull something trying to dunk for one of these viral videos. But the horse thing with social distancing, it's tough. Like I get that we're trying to find something to put on, but that's a li- that's a stretch too far for me. Beast of the week though. Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week, eSports for us here on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Who are your nominees for this week's Beast? In sports, uh, honestly, there's a lot. There's a handful of different people that you could nominate. You could nominate Roger Goodell for plowing through COVID-19. Perhaps we're getting better. Perhaps I've seen a lot of positive reports on the state of the coronavirus today. Perhaps Roger Goodell's uh, lack of foresight will pay him dividends In the long term, perhaps Roger Goodell setting up a plan for the NFL draft is your Tame the Beast, Beast of the Week. It would be hard for me to give Goodell Beast of the Week, but you know, to each his own. That's how we feel about it. And to each your own here on Primetime, because that's the end of another great show. Another day down, another day through it. We're going to get through quarantine together. And honestly, we get NFL news, and the NFL is keeping us all alive at this point in sports talk. And we are happy to talk about the NFL and the Tennessee Titans until such point as there is no football to be played. But until then, we're going to do this thing every night, Sunday to Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, here on the Primetime Streaming Show and the A to Z Sports Streaming Network. Derrick Henry for signing the franchise tag so early. No drama, says George or Jorge on the way out the door for his Tame the Beast Beast of the Week. Big fan if you're a Titans fan of Derrick Henry signing his tag with no muss, no fuss. There is no more fuss to be had here on Primetime because we're done. Support the people who support this show. Gary Ashton, Brymac Mechanical, Brymac.com, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. The NFL is a beast, says Robert Deerfish. I absolutely agree with that. Who is also a beast? Tame the beast. GetBeast.com, promo code AZ50. Wash your hands, save some money, go to GetBeast.com. 615 Sessions Podcast. Tomorrow, it's going to come out. Bruce Feldman and I, college football uh, analyst, reporter extraordinaire, had an incredible deep dive on just how quarterback recruiting has changed in college and how the class of 2013, the high school class of 2013, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jared Goff, a lot of these guys whose names are recognizable, Christian Hackenberg, uh, in the 2013 high school class, how so many of these guys shifted the way the quarterback evaluation is done. We'll, we'll talk about that with Bruce Feldman tomorrow on the 615 Sessions podcast. So rate, review, and subscribe wherever that is that you get your podcast. Austin and Zach got you covered 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Hopefully no screen freezes. I'll be back with you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So until then, fam, peace and love.